As you know, our enemies are working together. They are combining their styles to beat us. But they are destined to fail. Because there is only one way. And what is that way? The way of the fish, sir! Exactly. However, that doesn't mean that we can't double down. Glass, meet Sensei Terry Silver. Co-founder of Cobra Kai and one of the most ferocious fighters in the history of the sport. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do, because if I'm not dressing up as a shower, I'm tricking you into the sprinklers. My name is Jim Scapoli. I represent Cobra Kai because I think Peter Cetera is the opposite of badass. Not badass at all. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll have to get into it. Uh, we're discussing Season 4, Episode 4, Bicephaly, um, which means having two heads genetically, uh, right? That's, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's either having two heads or at least the KarateKidFandom.com says that it's a reference to the genetic condition that happens to a fetus in utero, uh, mm-hmm. causing twins to become conjoined instead of identical i don't know if they're that correct but they could be um yeah well it makes sense bicep uh is something about twos sounds right this sounds like two heads are better than one except two heads are not better than one in this case we're starting to see the dark side here it's directed by mariel woods like the last episode and written by stacy Harmon, uh who has written um i was just looking at it is it life-size two Smurfs, yes. The Lost Village, The Goldbergs. Like, I, I really appreciate every time I look into the writers and sometimes directors, and I'm like, I guess they mostly did stunts up until now, or <laughs> like they're writing this or that. And it, uh, see, I have no insight into it'd be interesting to hear like more behind the scenes stuff. I have no insight into the writers' room, obviously, but it always feels like a, people who are on the come up are uh, getting involved in Cobra Kai, and Agreed. you love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. That is always cool because it's usually, yeah, some younger directors or they've worked uh, other crew um, roles on different projects and now they're doing some directing or they've done some writing. It's 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 cool to see because it's a great show. So you have to feel like it's an awesome thing to have on your resume uh, to put yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. And as I said, in this episode, we're starting to see the dark side of having two heads again. We're getting into it, but uh, I guess if we're going from the very start, uh, we have Kenny and Co. His sort of next generation crew being given a tour of like the main school and the teacher. There's a lot of uh, karate fighting brought up. It's nice to see the lasting effects of what happened last. Uh, well, yeah, in season two, uh, when they yeah. asked like, "Did it get destroyed in the fight?" and they're like, "No." Uh, we were actually required to re- remove anything that could be used as a weapon. So we now no longer have a chem lab or, or whatever they're talking about. Um, and Kenny gets to chat up this uh, girl. I don't remember her name, but she's Leah, uh, Leah. the person. Leah. Yeah. Uh, Leah. So the person he thought he was talking to online, they have some pretty good banter for being children, you know, yeah. uh, some, some well-written stuff. Uh, they're sort of hitting it off. And that's fun. And then before he knows it, just because he's wearing a Cobra Kai t-shirt, he's being made fun of. And this is always um, what I come back to of like, Kreese is so good at seeming reasonable. If you don't know about the mental stuff that he has done in the past, from Kenny's perspective, going into school, he's being picked on for wearing this shirt 
obviously from the other kid's perspective, Cobra Kai is evil. So uh, there's a lot going on here. But yeah, from his his perspective, he's uh, he's well on his way to being indoctrinated here because Hawk grabs him uh, and shoves him around a bit, tells him to get the fuck out of here, basically. Yeah, scary older kid with a giant mohawk is now in your face. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> he was about to fight them. Um, yeah. But they were bullying. Well, he him. was following what he was just yeah. taught to yeah. run straight at whatever problem he has. But uh, it's it's... I, I like it because Hawk, I mean, he is like, hey, kid, like, get out of there. But I mean, I guess he's not pitching it in the best way. <laughs> but he yeah. does know from experience, like, hey, take my advice. Get away from Cobra Kai. Uh, but yeah, from Kenny's point of view, it's like, oh, my God, these are scary kids. I need Cobra Kai in my life more than ever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we sort of zoom back to the uh, the Miyagi-Do dojo um, where now things are souring a little bit because Johnny keeps looking over at Miguel and Daniel and how they're bonding. He's obsessing over the bond that the two of them are building and neglecting uh, the bond that he's building with Sam um, and mm. or like even just the opportunity to get involved because nothing's really happening that should make him feel insecure. But really because Miguel is not just the heart of the show, he's the person who's brought Johnny out of being an alcoholic loser. <laughs> he really values him, you know. He's he's really scared of losing the things that he has. So uh, I guess that's where he's coming from here. I mean, I'm a little disappointed that Miguel's not wearing his headband here. Because yeah. I think that would have <laughs> maybe richly bequeathed <laughs> onto him. <laughs> that would have maybe sold it a bit more. Uh, mm. But then what? To the point? Yeah, he's not paying attention, and Dimitri kind of hits him or something, right? So then Dimitri gets yes. to be the punching bag for the next lessons, uh, where they're doing what side kicks and front kicks, and then hilariously he also gets kicked in the balls, I believe. Which is that is very fun. funny every time. I love he, when someone. Gets kicked in the balls. Well, because it's yeah, it it goes from one moment of Johnny just looking at Miguel and Daniel, to then now they move to another area where Dimitri's the punching bag, so he can also still look at uh, Daniel yes. and Miguel as they're you know doing some kata stuff and doing their breathing and becoming one with themselves and nature, uh, and that's when yeah, uh, Dimitri gets kicked in the balls hilariously um and yeah they they leave uh it's funny to see uh dimitri walking out kind of like uh, in pain and you realize he's just he's like taller than johnny at this point when <laughs> like it's so weird how these kids grow up but either way johnny tries to sort of invite um miguel to have some food and nah miguel's gotta head off with mr larusso to finish up uh, his mom's car and of course that's that make Johnny very sad, and we'll get into how sad yeah. in a minute. I mean, there's a constant quest for manwiches in this episode. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. this is an offer for manwiches. We might see the manwiches later on. Someone else might bring up manwiches once again. Uh, perfect uh, Johnny Lawrence food, a manwich. Uh, you guys probably don't have manwiches in Ireland, do you? Was it like a sandwich, but it has more meat on it? or what Yeah, is it's a basically like a sloppy joe. It's like a brand of... Uh, well, do you even sloppy joes? <laughs> no, I don't know what that means either. <laughs> you don't know what a sloppy. Uh, have you never seen Billy Madison? I have, but I don't remember. I know I so like manwich... some sloppy. <laughs> yeah, I... oh, so when I'm googling manwich, it's like uh, it's like a loose meat like, sandwich. It's like ground like mince meat. Yes, like a yeah. bolognese in in bread. Yeah. Why do people do this? It looks horrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, people don't really, but Johnny would because okay. it's called Manwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Manwich nah, is just a, a branded version of like you could just make it, but I think they have their own mix of uh, uh, herbs and spices or what have you. I guess yeah, it comes in a can. Okay. Jesus, I never had one. Now I'm googling Sloppy Joe's. I thought that was just like a fast food restaurant. It sounds like a good fast food restaurant, but I guess it's a dish, similar dish. Okay, the uh, manwich can you add the meat to. I was like, is there meat in this? We're really, Jim, <laughs> we're really getting into. We're man- almost ten minutes in here. We gotta move on. <laughs> okay. okay, so, <laughs> uh, so yes, we we go to Cobra Kai, and uh, let's see. There's some chatter happening. Just the they're talking about going to the drive-in um, for Bloodsport. Uh, yes, Which have you seen Bloodsport? Huh? Have you seen Bloodsport? Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, I'm not sure. Bloodsport. I don't think I have actually. That's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm putting so. you on the spot. But yeah, they're talking about Bloodsport. It's funny because Robbie's like, "Yeah, my dad left." A VHS copy. It's the only thing yes. I had that <laughs> let, let me know he actually existed. <laughs> I mean, it really is such a. We brought we bring this up a lot, but I mean, because we love Johnny, but he really is such a piece of shit, and it's completely feasible in Robbie's eyes why he'd hate his guts. <laughs> yeah, and I I like Ro- Robbie's you know uh, deadpan deliver here of like, oh nice, yeah, I had a VHS, so that was the only <laughs> evidence he existed, and. Tatori is also like uh, he talks about she talks about her new boss being a creep uh, and he's like I'd ask but it's none of my business and she's like yeah respect I guess yeah um, Kenny on the other hand is not uh, keeping his business to himself he shares about being harassed by these uh, yeah like you said the scary kid with the mohawk or what have you um, but all of this is interrupted because Terry Silver shows up in yes. uniform it's an honor to be here is what he says, but I feel the same. Uh, and with two senseis, you're going to work twice as hard, learn twice as much. And it is interesting because it's like, you know, this is not, well, I guess, actually, I'm looking at who's there now. I guess maybe this is, or Tori must have been there. No, maybe she wasn't. When, Because I'm thinking of when, you know, Johnny was in this exact spot, and he's like, yeah. meet uh, Sensei Crease. He's going to be, like, helping us or whatever. I'm trying to see if yeah. these other students have, you know, deja vu here. Uh, oh, is this new guy going to take over? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yes. Now I'm Googling, when does Kyler join Cobra Kai? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that's season three. So he was invited by Chris, so he yeah. wouldn't be one of them. But, yeah, it's a good point that, like, everyone when a new sensei is introduced must be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Here we go again. Um, <laughs> so, as I said, Johnny got sad. And we can see that in the next scene, where uh, even though he's a hundred percent man, he's not able to perform. This is such a movie scene. Like, oh, this is totally. Such a, uh, this is a scene, man. This is such a scene, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's such a nice pan up where they're both like under the covers, but kind of staring at the ceiling, like, ah, uh, uh, maybe you're tired. And they kind of react to it, but I feel like there should have been more of a joke where he's like. I just keep thinking about Miguel and LaRusso. It's like, oh, you're yeah. thinking about Miguel and LaRusso here in, in while we're in bed together? Uh, but she kind of, like, reacts to it. But then it is fun when he gets into, like, you know, uh, LaRusso apparently has had the time to watch Top Gun <laughs> with Miguel at a certain point, which is pretty yeah. hilarious. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, Johnny, you know, you can't call yourself Maverick. I've actually never really seen Top Gun, so that's my my. <gasps> I have seen that one, yeah. so I have to claim that now that we've ha- we're having this discussion. You got one on me. Um, I mean, I've 
I guess I've you know you've seen it just in the sense of, and this is probably a lot of things for you. There are just things that people always talk about, and maybe as a kid, yeah. I guess I've probably seen a good amount of it, but not as like a person understanding movies, watching it from the beginning to the end. I mean, I've seen Hot Shots. Yeah. That uh, yeah, well, I just I just spend my life pretending like I've seen things. This is why we have a Sopranos <laughs> podcast, where it, when yeah. it came out, I hadn't seen any of the Sopranos, and you made me sit down and watch every single episode of the Sopranos and discuss on a podcast over a course of about two and a half years, available at uh, Cut to Black as Sopranos Sit Down. Yes. Um, but yes, I, I have seen Top Gun. It's the This scene is just the classic scene, though, because I... D- I don't want to be like, oh, I'm a macho guy. This has never happened to me. But like, yeah. it's never been psychologically that my head is in a different storyline, yeah. you know, which is what's happening here and what happens in every movie and TV show. Not saying it's bad, but it's just fun that it's it like it's almost like Carmen's like, ah, your head's in a different storyline. When when he's like, I keep thinking about Daniel and Miguel. It's like, oh, OK, you're thinking about that storyline right now, not our storyline. Yeah. Uh, even though they all intertwine. And I think... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Johnny kind of mentioned hints at, you know, kids can be weird about finding out that someone's seeing their mom because he's was weird about finding that out. Yeah. So we, we know we're going to get more into that, that it's not fully sort of fixed. But Carmen says, you can tell him whenever you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's you'll feel better. Just, you know, you don't need to be sneaking around, even though it's, it's not even I never I mean, I guess he does state that, you know, he, it's going to be an awkward situation. But I mean, he's clearly more concerned about. LaRusso and Miguel than he is about telling Miguel about Carmen. But I guess it's more so like he's worried that this will push him towards LaRusso even more. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, and, and then in a random twist of fate, Daniel and Miguel are talking about people dating his mother, I guess, yes. in the very next scene, which felt a little bit uh, like, is <laughs> what is the coincidence here? There's no reason for them to have that discussion. Also, Daniel knows about Johnny and Carmen, so That's I feel true, like he yeah. should avoid that topic, you know? Um, but, yeah, they're, they're talking about the car anyway. They're just doing the last fixes on it. They get, I think, is it in this? Sorry, maybe it was the the last uh, last episode, but I loved when, they, when Daniel mentioned about pushing his car along and having to jump in it. Maybe that was last episode, but uh, that was a great moment when he was talking about doing the old the old push and jump in yeah and almost I, th- dying. I think that might have been the last one i forget but yeah because again like yeah. this blends in like we mentioned before we start recording it makes so much sense that these two episodes would have uh, the same director because it they really mm. are kind of hand in hand um at least as far as uh, the, the narratives are very very connected i mean obviously it's serialized but this is very connected but we get the good moment where yeah it does work uh i mean i wish i knew how to work on a car i guess that's <laughs> that shows that my daddy issues i didn't get to work on a car with anyone i don't know anything about cars yeah i i guess movies and tv have taught me just stand there with the hood open and screw some things <laughs> refill the oil yeah, yeah. maybe and how about dirty rag that you kind of like clean something yes. off a little bit with maybe you know maybe yeah, I re- pick up a little uh thing and like blow into it for a second wipe it down i that's game boys but i recently (laughs) watched like the five fast and furious films that i had a thought at some point like how long can you spend working on a car like surely it's got to be done at some point but you know that's that's all besides the point um Daniel says that he should drive, basically. And, of course, Miguel is like, whoa, this is cool. Um, so, you know, he is being snared by yeah. Miyagi-Do at this point. It's also a very um, movie thing. I don't remember this being a thing when I learned to drive, where, where I guess the person keeps hitting the brake. Because it's, it's, mm. a, it's a consistent movie thing where someone's learning to drive, and they're always like, 
you know stop but and go is it not is it not them uh if you're driving an a, a car that's not an automatic it's like the clutch fucking but it he's up, not moving the clutch at all i feel like this is something i think that would work like it stalls and stops but I, I don't have a driver's I'm license sure, so don't listen to me <laughs> i'm sure this is on tv tropes somewhere because mm. I I think you're right. It would make more sense if these are manuals, which I don't know how to drive manual mm. either. I'm sorry. Uh, but I feel like this is just a consistent thing in movies and TV, even with it's an automatic. And, and I don't know if the idea is supposed to be that, you know, it's someone who's never driven before. So you get a little scared. So you keep like hitting the brake. So you're I'm worried. like, so I don't have a driver's license, but I've driven <laughs> manual cars. And again, we're off on a very deep tangent here, but I'm pretty sure that it's because you don't have the car in the right gear. And if you don't, the car will like screech to a halt basically and just stop. Uh, I guess, but but I'm, I don't know. I see this is why I think we what should you're not... saying makes sense, but I'm just yeah. saying he's not reaching for I'm, I'm looking at the scene now. But that's what I'm saying. It's not, that he hasn't changed it to the right gear. That's why it's fucking up. But again, I haven't driven a car in several years. But it's years, not like so Daniel's like Daniel's saying you're doing great. He's got both hands on the wheel. It's not like he's saying like no, you got to put doesn't it in. Know, he doesn't. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, which I stand by. See, I, I think that is actually the case. We're getting off topic, but this is why people tune in. <laughs> is it? No. All right. Um, so now we're at the birthday party, and this is the second mention yeah. that it's a Saturday. Which I'm glad to know because Miguel's like, well, Daniel's like, sorry, I had to spend your Saturday fixing the car. Then Sam's like, ah, I can't believe I got to spend my Saturday at this birthday party. And apparently, it's some person they know that she used to babysit for. Uh, but anyways, it all works out because what she says, you don't even know. Like other people have it worse than you. And then we see yes. the the camera pan to Tori. I love this bit, by the way, where. They toy with the idea that she's what a stripper or something. Yeah, uh, and he, he, the the guy is like a classic stripper handler. You would think he's got like a Hawaiian shirt on. He's got a mullet with a bald top of his head. He doesn't even know her name. He's telling her like, uh, oh, he's he's yelling at her for what is he yelling at her for? He's saying show more skin or what? More more red lipstick. More red lipstick. Okay, which is it keeps it, mm. it keeps it you know, uh, in the middle so it doesn't ruin the, the reveal that they're all just princesses for this princess birthday party, which I thought was great. They're mermaids as well, right? They're yeah, all mermaids. Are they um, all mermaids? I wasn't well, sure if they all were or if just she was, but yeah, maybe you're right. No, they're mermaids. There's one pirate, I think. Mermaids okay. are big right now, yep. I think, with young people. Um, so, you know, that's cool. No, it is a good reveal. I, I, I like it as well. Though I have to say, if we stick with the storyline, like later on, I mean, this is kind of cementing Sam. I I don't know. Is this Cobra Kai? Is this just yeah. Sam being kind of a uh, piece of shit? But it's kind of hard to identify with her here. Now, granted, we have more context of, to her, this is just the girl that came and assaulted her and gave her scars, etc. We have more context, obviously. But it yeah. still kind of feels like... Uh, also, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. How did you feel about the whole thing? I, I'm with you, but also, yeah, it's not even that this is the girl that gave her scars. This is the girl that was going to murder her. Like, yeah, like yeah. the intent at the time with the spikes on the bracelet was she was going to kill her, I think. Or at the very least, she wanted to maim her or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it was pretty rough. Uh, and yeah, we do have some more context, but I think this is also an extension of, you know, like we saw with Bert and, uh, Shoot, what's the other kid's name? Uh, is it Nate? Ernie. <laughs> uh, I'm that. not sure. Well, well, but when we saw them bullying Kenny, 
in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this is an yeah. extension of yes, just because they're learning the you know uh, the ideals of Miyagi Do doesn't automatically make you a good person. And everyone has their moments. She's kind of right for enjoying this a little bit, but she's also pushing too far. So uh, it, 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 it's in line. Because um, even like when Amanda talks to Tori, she's like, you kind of have to understand where she's coming from with, you know, after the, the school fight. Uh, and again, I do like the Amanda Tori like uh, potential there. It's a, I think it's a smart combo of those characters. So, you know, sticking with the way this whole thing plays out, I mean, she does. She puts Sam pushes too far. Like she's just sitting next to her, grinning as she's reading a story, trying to egg her on, make her sing. Then she's insulting her singing voice. Then she gets revenge by having them throw glitter on her, which is very smart, very Miyagi Do way of. uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. uh, What is the deal with this (laughs) glitter bomb, as it's described? Like she just has some glitter on her. This is no spaghetti bolognese, okay? This is not. Daniel fall because they kind of it almost felt like they were trying to make another reference to that kind of because like oh she's supposed to be covered in glitter maybe I'm just reading way too much into it but it was also just like I felt like if she went like it would be all off her immediately you know it'd be annoying but it wouldn't be like actually detrimental I think the idea is that it's so hard to get rid of all of the glitter like yeah you could shake it off but you're still gonna be finding glitter and it's I mean I think it's almost a meme because you could send glitter bomb mail like as a as a prank to people and there was a fa- there was a famous youtube video where the guy he was getting packages stolen so he he set up a package at his doorstep to like explode with glitter on the person that yeah. stole it so f- it goes with that we're teetering on the edge of another <laughs> tangent here i'm yes. just going to say yeah, all right <laughs> moving on um, well, I, I suppose we might need to move back a bit because we we sort of followed this storyline. If we go back, we also have Kenny and Robbie training uh, in the back of uh, Cobra Kai. And uh, <laughs> Kenny's getting a bit, uh, I don't know, ballsy. He thinks he's got the moves down and Robbie just immediately shows him that he does not. Uh, I think they're talking about balance uh, or something yes. Miyagi-Do. Because uh, he leg none of sweeps that matters. Yeah, and none of that matters, like, unless you have balance, uh, no matter what moves you have. And then Terry Silver comes in, yes. and I fucking love this scene. He says oh, the he says the thing, Jim. Yes. He says the thing. It's How, great. And I, I don't even like the Karate Kid Part 3 that much, but I was fucking hyped. Yes. And I love this scene generally, because the fight between him and Robbie, you just see the joy in Terry Silver. You know, everything yeah. we talked about, about him coming up to this point, he fucking loves this shit and he's engaged in it and he's like probably more physically active than he's been in 10 years like you can tell all of that through his performance and i think it's uh just a lot of fun yeah they they find a reason for him to say the line and it completely works like it doesn't feel like i mean in the new matrix movie uh, uh neo says i still know kung fu and it's one of the worst things i've ever seen but uh <laughs> <laughs> but here I haven't seen it yet but yeah sounds good <laughs> Terry Silver gets to say yeah man can't stand man can't fight and I like you know we even eggs him on like I didn't tell you to take it easy no mercy and he really is like fighting a kid which is great and and, yeah. and it is like we always talk about the absurdities they even mention it on this show of Terry Silver terrorizing a high schooler back in the 80s but you know he is at his most happiest here when he gets to fight a high schooler again so 
yeah. <laughs> it's great to watch. <laughs> yeah, he's got a big grin on his face the whole time. Um, I don't... Yeah, and he gets to end it with some proper, like, sensei wisdom as well. I don't know, he manages to see that... Uh, this is more than Palpatine ever got to, but he's like, yeah, you've learned to channel your anger, but that's not enough. Uh, you're still afraid of something. Like, I, I don't know why this makes... No sense to my human brain that Terry Silver would be able to tell all of this from a little little fight, but yeah. I in the world of Cobra Kai and it, like while watching this, I'm like, yeah, of course he can tell. He's still got something inside him that he's afraid of, and tell him he needs to go and confront it. Yeah, for sure. And what's interesting, and I don't, I mean, again, I guess like we said, it's been enough time. I'm sure, if you're listening to this, you've seen the whole season, so I don't think this is really a spoiler, but I guess it is kind of is thinking about this moment. Terry doesn't know who Robbie is, right? Because mm. yeah, no. it comes up later. So it is kind of interesting to think of it that way. But I guess at the very least, he knows Robbie is one of their best guys. Like, I guess that's clear. Between him and Tori, they're clearly the best people they have. But um, it's just interesting where he's coming from without that knowledge that it is Johnny Lawrence's son. Yeah. Um, and let's see. We have... We have Johnny next. He's on Facebook reminiscing. He's got his Facebook <laughs> memories up uh, of one year, well, I guess like three months ago or whenever yeah. this was. And he Googles, how do I tell my student that I'm banging his mom? He's really trying to crack the nut on this one. But all of this leads into a flashback of him uh, being told by his mother that he's going to get a new daddy. Now, Ed Asner, uh, who played his stepfather, did pass away. Yeah. Um, unfortunately so uh an obvious reason why he's not in the present day uh you know scene maybe it could have been relevant to include him in some way but we're seeing basically that he had a big old box of his dad's stuff kind of similar to how robbie had that one vhs tape uh, that was the only evidence he existed <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um and his mother uh you know s- not that reasonably is like we're gonna throw out all of this shit you have a new dad now like but it's because she's hurt because uh, uh, Johnny's dad left. So I don't know. He has a lot of mixed up feelings here and, and that comes across. I didn't mind this flashback as much as the other one. I don't think it's particularly bad. Makes sense. Sets up where he's at and so on. I didn't mind this one as really either. Uh, but again, like the um, who's been on the show, Mike, he said he hated both of these flashbacks a lot. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it is it is fun to throw that little seedling of the the banquet can. It's like ah, that's why he always he loves the Coors banquets, like giving a little origin yes. story for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the you, you start to realize, or I mean, it's been apparent. Between Johnny, Miguel, Daniel, just the Miyagi verse in general, you know, people have daddy issues. That's why Johnny, Daniel, and Miguel could all bond over the fact of like, oh, I hate when my mom dates guys. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, so speaking of Daniel and Miguel, they're driving home. They get to have some conversation about yellow lights and that yellow lights mean that you should stop or orange lights, uh, traffic lights. Yeah. Um, And they, like, one of my favorite lines of the season is in there when Daniel's singing along to some soft rock and uh, Miguel's like, oh, Sensei didn't tell me about this. And the line is like, not everything from the 80s was hard rock. There was some soft rock that was just perfect. And it's a great dumb line, but to yeah. me it really shows how small the difference is between Daniel and Johnny. Mm. Because even though they approach things differently, Daniel 
does so softly and Johnny does so in a hard way. They're still both into rock. Like, it's yeah. still like, oh, the 80s was big and eventful. But what he's actually referring to is a slightly different genre of music that's still in the same realm. You know, it's just they're into they're both into karate. They're both into the same fucking things. Uh, and yet they're like, no, no, we're opposites, even though we're almost exactly the same. Yes. Yeah. And And what I was mentioning before... Because they bring up Chicago, and the singer of Chicago mm-hmm. is Peter Cetera. And then it comes up later when he's talking to Johnny. But they even, like, they go full on on the nose because Peter Cetera sang Glory of Love, which was the song from Karate Kid 2. But Miguel even brings up that song when he's bringing up Peter Cetera, and he brings up one of his songs, and he goes, and Glory of Love. So, I mean, I don't know how Glory of Love exists in this universe, the karate, the Miyagi verse, but apparently it was it, maybe it was the Rocky Four song because if you didn't know, uh, Gloria Love was supposed to be for the movie Rocky Four, but the producers of that movie or the filmmakers didn't really like it. They got a call from the Karate Kid people. They're like, "This is great! This is awesome!" And it became a Karate Kid Two song. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, whoosh! All of that went above my head to be honest, but that does add not up. as it's uh, like. Not yeah, as uh, it's like a central song in the second film, right? Yes, uh, is that the one? It's yeah. like him and uh, Kumiko's like love song. Not as yes. gripping as when we were talking about Manwitches. You were way more interested <laughs> in the Manwitch, right? No, I was interested. I just meant when it happened in the show. I oh, wasn't, yes. I didn't get yeah. any of it, but yeah, um, that is funny. And you're right. I always kind of it always gets my head all twisted when people reference something that is tangentially related to their universe. And, you know, if they referenced an actor who was in one of the uh, Karate Kid films or whatever, that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, I I just like it because it's basically uh, showing how similar they are. And yet, yeah, I think Miguel also, much like Robbie, like Robbie is explicitly like, I'm trying to get whatever I can from these different sides. Miguel gets that too he's just kind of like oh this is interesting i want a well-rounded diet to learn whatever i can both culturally and karate wise uh but if only daniel and fucking johnny could get that into their heads we'd be okay yeah yeah and i think going back to some of the stuff too with you know daniel talking about how he didn't go to college and you know whatever like you forget because it just seems so obvious like well you know Maybe not necessarily just from working hard, you'll immediately be successful, but, you know, you have a chance to be successful. You don't have to, even though, like, it's harder and harder every day. Like, it's always so much easier if your family's rich. But, yeah, (laughs) uh, it's very clear to Miguel, at least Miguel, the character, he never had it in his mind that he could be successful in a weird way. Like, I guess because he doesn't have a father figure or his only father figure is Johnny and Johnny is still, like, successful, kind of. You know, he gets to do what he loves every day, but he doesn't see it as, like, a path. But, like, Daniel really does open his eyes a bit, like, there could be more for my future. Um, So I like that. And, I mean, we also hear a little bit where he talks about his dad and how he looked him up and he knows he's in Mexico and he doesn't know much about what happened, but he was maybe into some illegal stuff and his mom left. But now it's like... Who knows if any of that's true? We'll have to find out. Who knows? 
Very true. Um, so, yeah, we have Johnny making the manwiches. He's got the cans and everything. Yeah. He's got some beef jerkies thrown in there for flavor. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, like, not manly enough and throws a load of beef jerky in there. Yeah. And this is where he's a caricature, but, you know, it's fine. That makes yeah. sense. Because uh, this show could go from showing him as, like, a cartoon character to him having... Uh, a really heart-wrenching conversation with his son, which is where this scene goes, where Robbie shows up and faces what he's afraid of. Um, he's there to tell him to back off Kenny, but he's actually there because of what Terry Silver told him, that he, I guess, just needs kind of... He's always avoided the idea of his dad, and now he's trying to face it head on. Like, this is a very recurring theme in this show of, you know, coming at your problems, um... And yeah, he says, he tells Johnny that he doesn't want to come in. He doesn't want a man, which he is not putting all his trust in Kreese. He just doesn't trust anyone, uh, but he's using Cobra Kai to get what he wants. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm better than you. That's yeah. it. Yeah, which, I mean, it's got to be even a little, like, tougher for Johnny because it's like, you know, you're putting Both all this. Sons. Yeah, but like you're putting all this, like, love and care into making this dinner for you know miguel which is great i mean i love johnny miguel but it's like a harsh reality of like oh yeah i have a son out there that i yeah kind of didn't i like i don't think he knows what's going on at this point as far as he's concerned you know uh robbie could be just be living under a bridge somewhere who knows uh but it's a you know harsh reminder like oh yeah you have a kid uh that it's you know going to be very tough if at all possible to make amends with yeah, and he, I mean to make matters worse, once Miguel shows back up, uh, they've already—he's already had dinner. He got some really good fresh fish, which, uh, you know, fish not manly enough. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, they get to get into uh, yeah. Daniel's not only shown him Top Gun, he's taught him how to drive. Yeah. Uh, and like all this fucking bullshit and and Chicago. Um, he he never told him about Chicago, and and he he yeah basically. Basically, it's a tough time for Johnny. He's basically getting everything that he doesn't want to hear here. Yeah, yeah. And and kind of to what you were talking about is that because, you know, like Johnny's grasping here. He's like, you know, what about Scorpion Slaughter? Like, d- d- that sucks now. And, you know, but to Miguel, he's like, no, it's just that's it's all cool. It's just a little different. Kind of like what you were saying with Daniel. He's just... A dude that liked rock in the 80s, but maybe he liked a little softer rock. Or, you know, maybe Miyagi-Do is great knowledge to know. It's just a little different than, maybe not a little different, but it's different than, from Eagle Fang. But it all works. Um, but to Johnny, you know, hey, Scorpions and Slaughter. I'm Scorpions and Slaughter. And I'm just throwing out the window like some piece of trash. This is my whole identity <laughs> right here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Miguel's like, yay, let's do dinner tomorrow. You can make those manwiches. And obviously, this is supposed to be sad, uh, you know, for Johnny. I also feel like culinary-wise, it'll pro- you could probably just reheat that. Like, it'll be fine tomorrow. He's already put in the work. Uh, it's not going to be that much. It's not going to be that much better or worse the day after, I imagine. Have you ever had day-old manwiches and beef jerky? Even better, no, even better the next day, in my opinion. That's what I thought. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, um, so then, yeah, we're at the cool. drive-in, and they're watching Bloodsport. Which, what's funny here is because they're like, well, it's some old movie, Bloodsport. It's like, okay, yeah, Bloodsport's an old movie. You know what's old? Going to the fucking drive-in. Uh, that's <laughs> even more older yeah. 
than Bloodsport. I mean, I did go to the drive-in a couple years ago uh, on a Lark. I know they're all the rage yeah. now because of the pandemic, but uh, mm. it's almost like that's more of the outdated thing than being like Bloodsport's insane. But anyways, Bloodsport's great. Yeah, well, I just know uh, life through movies and TV. And over in the US, uh, you love doing shit in your cars, all the drive throughs, <laughs> all yeah. of that. Yeah. So I assume it's still, maybe in LA, it is still live and vibrant. It's happened in Sweden when I was living there, but it was more part of sort of a nostalgia type thing, you know. I know they do them here in Dublin, Ireland as well. But I agree, like, you wouldn't say, hey, do you want to go watch some old fucking movie? You'd be like, hey, do you want to do the drive in? And then based on that, figure out what fucking mm. film. Like, that's the experience, surely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they know all the rules of the drive-in. They're getting, they're getting their uh, bitch boy. Do they call Kenny yeah, that to go get snacks and whatnot? Um, and you know, Robbie's the only but, one who's cool with him as usual. Yeah, um, but Robbie is correct because this is a different. Even just the way it's done, you can get that it's a different vibe. It's not the same as when they were laughing at him for being scared. This is more. Yep. You're the new kid, so we're going to make you do all this shit. But this is kind of like us welcoming you into the fray type deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's fun. And then Robbie kind of, you know, spells it out a little bit more for him, which does set up to, you know, him co- having a comically large amount of concessions to bring back. And all I'm thinking about is who's paying for this? Is this dude loaded? Maybe he's loaded. But, of course, he gets he runs into... Miyagi does scary we, kid with him. Yeah, bumps into him, and we get to have um, an awesome like. This is basically because like the drive-ins from like a 1950s movie, anyways. And this is yes. what would happen when like the Soshas and the 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 uh, slickbacks or whatever they were <laughs> would, would be, you know get ready for the rumble after they meet at the drive-in. You know, <laughs> yeah, this is some grease shit right here for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, and like Dimitri's even like, oh, not another rumble or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tori makes some comment about Sam's mom playing Peacemaker. Sam has no idea what she's talking about. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, we'll beat you on the mat. And Robbie says, you know, oh, you know what happened last time? And Miguel does the old redirect, the old circular motion, asks them to go to the baseball diamond where they get sprayed with sprinklers. And I have two comments here. Excuse me. We have Sam doesn't look happy with what's happening. Is she the one taking Cobra Kai's teachings in the best to understand that this is a problem? That's yeah. my one thought. And my second thought is the sprinklers are going and they're going for a while and they're just standing there. <laughs> like in human real life, if just there's a sprinkler, yeah. you move out from where the sprinkler is. But here there, I know it would be harder to film and this is very dramatic and it's not a big complaint. It's just funny to me that they're standing there like, and the sprinklers yeah. are still going. They're getting more and more wet, just going, we can't let them get away with this. Maybe they're too badass to move. I don't know. But that you do look more badass now when you're drenched because it's almost like you're in the rain. So yeah, that's true. Robbie gets to have that cool close up of like they won't get away with this, and it's like, oh, this is even cooler right now because you're you got water dripping down your and you're just drenched. That's awesome. The the thing. Yeah, that- I was just like, why are they standing still? But <laughs> yes, it is cool. I guess. Uh, the thing that, well, I guess I'll get to it in a minute, but, um, we have, before that we see the Cobra Kai's all like, they're not going to get away with like, just, you know, going crazy, uh, at Cobra Kai, Kreese and Terry are in the back room and Terry actually is kind of coming like, look, we can't just keep repeating the past. We can't keep getting distracted with like little things. We, this is about Cobra Kai and the tournament, we need to kind of come at this a different way. And I think what he's saying is very rational and makes sense 
Um, and it is weirdly enough, Kreese, who's such a mastermind that usually is ahead of these things. I guess this is kind of part of his weakness is that, you know, he, he won't let something like this go, even if it might affect the bigger picture. But the thing that doesn't make sense to me, and I guess it's mostly because Johnny's still upset about the whole Miguel and LaRusso thing, is it feels like why would this be a thing you'd be upset about that they had him go under the sprinklers? I mean, I guess it also is flashing back to when he had the hose turned on to him, when he was rolling a J, when he was in the stall by Daniel LaRusso. Because he does yeah. say, like, sprinklers, like... <laughs> Yes, I connected those dots <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still kind of like I don't know. To me, I'm like, ah, this, what, what do you mean? They did a good thing, but I guess it's more about the Larusa Miguel thing than it is about the Cobra Kai and uh, whatever the baseball diamond thing. Well, I I was going to ask you actually because it is an interesting question of whether what they did was a good thing or not. I mean. We know in the world of drama they te- that tensions are escalating, and this is a way of escalating tensions where, yes, you avoided a fight, but there's going to be a bigger fight later because sure. of how you handled it. We know that, but I think Johnny also knows Crease, and we see the scene with him and Terry Silver where Crease is ready to fucking get his old sniper out and start shooting people. He's always on just the ledge of uh, going fucking uh, commando and uh, gunning people down, uh, or at least getting his students to go and attack them. Them surreptitiously uh, and it's only Terry Silver being there that you know makes them go down a different route um, so I guess Johnny knows Kreese and knows Kreese leads Cobra Kai and pretty much figures cool now Miguel is just gonna get beaten up in an alley because that's what Kreese would do to counter this um, yeah plus the sprinklers you know yeah. it's just like when he was rolling that day <laughs> it makes sense but then it's also like well it's otherwise the other option is, yeah, we just have a fucking, yeah, 1950s rumble, West Side Story style, where, you know, someone we gets stabbed. Break another chem-labber, yeah. <laughs> you know, we become the Jets, the Sharks show up. When you're a Jet, you're a Jet to the end, from your first cigarette to your last dying <laughs> breath. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I mean, but I get, uh, yeah, you're right, because Johnny does have an insight into how this plays out. But then, yeah, it, it. I guess there is no easy answer because, yeah, it's either you fight them then and then someone gets the shit kicked out of them, then they come back later and you fight again uh, or you do something like this. But then, of course, that just pisses them off and they're going to try to do something else. So there is no real easy answer here. Yeah. And we kind of breezed past it, but I, I love Terry Silver's like point of view, what he says, like you had the whole valley in the palm of your hand, like businesses don't fail on the basis of one tournament. Realistically, businesses yeah. fail because you weren't paying attention to what was actually important. Um, and that's what happened. And we get a couple of flashbacks here in the last few minutes of the episode. We have Chris mm. talking about Johnny coming in with a black eye after Mr. Miyagi beat him up. We see him, uh, his confidence shattered. Um, and then we have obviously like Johnny's gotten to the point where, Hey, I need to talk to you, Daniel or whatever. Uh, so we don't really know what he's going to say. It's obviously something about him and Miguel and I don't know, backing off or, or something or other, or just having a healthy conversation, but they never get a chance because then uh, Terry Silver and Chris show up. And this is sort of Terry's point of view on this is what they should do. And he is good at psychological warfare, much yeah. like Kreese. So this we can kind of tell already that Daniel is rattled just from seeing him. We'll obviously get more into it. 
But uh, this is his version of like, I'm not saying we do nothing. Obviously, we go over and psych them out like you always do and I always do. And we're going to do it together now this time. <laughs> yeah. And we get some flashbacks there as well to kind of show what a big thing this is for Daniel to see this maniac again, uh, which is understandable. And it's crazy to see these flashbacks and go like, yeah, they're... Daniel's older, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and also going back to when Terry's talking to Crease, because yeah, I love that. You know, they're showing the flashbacks, and Crease is like, "I wasn't gonna let that old man get away with that." And then Terry's like, "Well, we're the old men now, and we need yeah. to use our wisdom uh, and like what we've learned." Uh, I mean, he does say Cobra Kai was never about revenge; it was about building strength. Uh, by taking our fears and turning them into a weapon, which I guess that kind of does tie into what he was trying to teach Robbie uh, earlier in the episode. And I guess in a weird way, like it it kind of hearkening back to that flashback in the last episode, it was interesting to see young Crease again because, mm. you know, just leaving it at where we saw the young crease from season three, just, you know, killing his, his, his officer and commander or whatever by tossing him into the Cobras. That's a place to leave him where you're like, okay, now he's current crease, but it's weird seeing him again and being like, Oh, I guess he's not crease yet. Still. He's kind of just a guy ready to, to join a tournament. And it, it is interesting to think of like the Cobra Kai pathos initially before he becomes like crazy villain crease. Um, and it's weird to almost see that maybe er this early in the season, could Terry Silver, even if he's still a villain as well, be kind of a good influence where they are taking it back to karate? I mean, they're Cobra Kai, so of course it's not going to end that way. But just seeing that maybe there was a thread of an idea of like, we're not villains. Maybe we're the bad dojo, but we're not going to be villains about it. But of course they're going to be villains. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like um, for me, seeing Terry Silver again was enhanced so much by, yeah, he's he's lived a life that was very different, but he's also coming into back into karate, not from the brainwash perspective he was in before. He's able to have a bit of perspective and say like, hey, uh, we need to be smart about this. We need to not do what we did before and we need to stop dumping chemical waste uh, or whatever he talks <laughs> yeah, he about was, in yeah. the third film you know um and just kind of that was bad uh and he's just gonna go and psych him out and it, it i mean he's right as well we'll get into this next few episodes that this is this is what they do uh but yeah it does he does seem like a normalizing influence which is part of why i liked his addition because that's obviously the opposite of him in the film where he's the one pulling crease towards madness and yeah. towards being even yeah. more extreme and now he's doing the opposite so it's an interesting shift it's an interesting shift and it's a smart one because it was already becoming so apparent not that it was bad it was very fun but crease was we already talked about how crease was the guy that knew he was the villain in the karate movie he knew he was in a karate yes. show and he was the villain so it's really hard to go anywhere else with that but having Terry there, it's an interesting back and forth because it's a different Terry. And yeah, getting to when they roll up on Miyagi-Do and we see the flashbacks. And there's so much great potential because it's so interesting for the potential of Johnny's character, an element of Cobra Kai that he doesn't know anything about. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they fully get into that this season, but... 
that's on the table. And I think that's very exciting. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can leave this episode there and we'll pick right back up in our discussion of episode five. Now, uh, until then, if you have any thoughts you want to share uh, with us, you can send them to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. We'll include it in our discussion. You can also hit us up on Twitter at showswhatyouknow. That's the letter U. And you can find all of our other podcasts uh, at showswhatyouknow.com. And beyond that, any reviews left on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice are very much appreciated is there anything else we should uh, maybe get into jim two things well yeah also on that note also if you listen on spotify uh rate us on spotify that's a fairly recent thing that they've been pushing so be much appreciated um and then there's only one other thing besides that oh what's that strike first strike hard no, no mercy, mercy.